Welcome to the Power of Partnership podcast. I'm Rianne Eisler, President of the Center for Partnership Systems. This podcast brings you voices from the partnership movement, people who use partnership practices to build a world that values caring, nature, and shared prosperity. The Power of Partnership podcast is hosted by Cherry Jacobs Pruitt, a health policy and partnership scholar. Today, Cherry interviews Harville Hendricks and Helen McKelly Hunt, internationally respected couples therapists, educators, speakers, and New York Times best-selling authors on how we can use safe conversations to move from conflict to connection. Helen and Harville, welcome, and thank you so much for being guests on the Power of Partnership podcast. It is truly an honor to be able to meet you and provide this opportunity for our listeners to learn more about you and how your work has been informed and enriched by Rianne Eisler. Um, Well, I had written a book, Faith and Feminism. Gloria Steinem was a real friend of mine, and um, so I had done some books on women's philanthropy there at one point only male caucasian males were chairs of the boards of foundations and Mm -hmm. uh gloria knew i had started uh, a women's foundation where i lived and because i learned about one in san francisco and now there are millions of them uh because and this is where rian i'm sure appreciated uh, the inclusion of women in how money is distributed in the world. Yeah, women couldn't even uh, like if someone with inherited wealth married a man. M- women were not allowed to go to banks to withdraw money. The husband had to go because they weren't. Rian knows that the women women involved makes a real difference. Parallel, <laughs> you and Rian have been working with patterns of domination. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rian, I think more in the culture at large, and you had focused exclusively on women since that was half the people on mm-hmm. the planet, and had made major contributions both as an activist and as an author mm-hmm. uh, to uh, dealing with uh, gender domination. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I think the first place I uh, d- discovered Rian was actually long ago and didn't realize the significance of when her chalice and the blade came out that was a really blockbuster and was really a a, a powerful uh communication about the con the contrast between um you know spirituality and the and the uh, negative uh and, and war and domination and so forth so she's been a a, a force i would say ellen i would say she's been a force in the culture She's been a contributor to uh, broadening our own perspective about what's going on at the local level with a couple. And a visionary about what is needed and right now about in what the world. Is yeah. And so in your work, can you share with us where you see those patterns of domination or ways that the domination narrative plays out with the couples you work with? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, in, it's an interesting phenomenon, um, <clears throat> and very lumin and uh, and Rion was very luminous about the the intensity of her use of the word domination, uh, and the polarization of that with partnership. We really assumed that the problems in couples was psychological. It was a surprise and a very luminous thing to know that you could help couples with their psychological memories and their psychological issues, but there was still something going on that had been brought into their marriage from the values of the culture, so that culture and psychology are implicated in the struggles that couples have to relate to each other. And Rian's book on partnership was a powerfully luminous piece uh, in which she makes so clear there's a there's a kind of verticality that was in the culture that gets transferred into the marriage from the culture, and that's not, and that's is in the is in the uh, early family in the home in the parenting, but that was also brought to the parents from the culture, so that the culture transcends the generations to show up in every marriage. When you're seeing these challenges of the domination narrative and really that entrenched cultural indoctrination towards domination in the with the within the couples that you're working with how do you manage that challenge how do you help change the narrative help them understand that there is an alternative way which is really what we would like to help everyone understand at all levels from our most intimate relationships all the way to our relationships across the globe and even with the um, the entire planet. Uh, the short answer to what you ask is that we teach people to move from monologue, which is a vertical way of talking, I'm the one talking, to dialogue, which is we take turns talking. When we were dating, um, we dated for a couple of years before I proposed. <laughs> he, he Five years before he you came. She keeps... <laughs> Five years. He came um, over one night, and we had what is called a hot relationship. Um, Meaning we fought a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that we had st strong opinions, mm -hmm. and we were fighting, and uh, or having difference of opinion. And I was shocked at his, and he was shocked at mine. But then we kept expressing what we thought. And then we were talking at the same time. And um, and then I stood up and I said, Harville, hey, one of us talk and the other listen. And then take turns. Yeah. You talk and I'll listen. And so that calmed us down. And then that became what is called the dialogue process. And there's and so now our dialogue process we teach worldwide. Now the only someone told us that the only other person that has ever taught dialogue as well as we do lived in 330 BC, mm -hmm. and his name was Socrates, and he created Socratic dialogue and it disrupted the youth in Greece, and he was put to death. <laughs> and not till then has dialogue been taught. 
and uh, and we and uh, this was Harville's vision. This should be taught in high school. This should be taught in college, and it should be taught before you get a marriage license instead of like a driver's license. You have to take a test, and if you can prove you use dialogue, you get your marriage license. So the couples always come, and they have uh, an inequity in their relationship of some sort. It's not always a, a male uh, domination and female. It could be female domination with the male. It's not, but it's a it. But it is a dynamic that there is, uh, as, and and it focuses uh, less around gender. Uh, it, surprisingly, in a, in a marriage, it is, does around who owns the truth. That is, who is and who owns the power in the relationship. Who is going to make the decisions and where are we going to live and how are we going to live and what are we going to do with our lives or whatever? And how do we parent? Whose parenting styles are do that? So there's that inequity. And usually, uh, Helen, you came up with the words that, that uh, is called parallel monologue. Mm-hmm. Usually it's parallel monologue, which is what we were doing in your living room <laughs> that night. One of them was talking, the other one talking, while the other one was talking, while the other one was talking. And so what you have is is what is what's considered chaos, and you don't even know what you're talking about anymore. You just know that you're, you're yelling because you want your point of view out. And that this is common, this is ordinary, and that it's can, and, and that it is a verticality, it is a form of, I want to be in charge, which is a form of domination of your mind, domination of uh, who, who's uh, where we're going to eat dinner and what time we're going to eat dinner, when are we going to make love, and all of that, that somebody wants to be in charge of that. And that moving them from parallel monologue to uh, dialogue and holding them in that structure where they had to get it, that your partner's mind is different from yours. Your partner's value system is different from yours. And... It's okay. Both are okay. Both are have their own value, which is equal. They're different, but equal. That couples then, using the way they talk, begin to integrate equity into the relationship at levels uh, that are different from the cultural domination control value system, but becomes a partner. They, they then become partners in the marriage when they discover that I live with another person. And I, I, I do, I, I, but I thought un- unconsciously I've been behaving as if I live with a copy of myself. And then she keeps saying stuff that I don't think. Then it's like, what do we do with this? Well, we try to either extinguish it by criticizing it and putting it down, or you listen. And when you listen, you discover there's another world over here. And it's a world that is amazing and wonderful and full. And when you let it in, you grow. And something happens to the relationship, which is you experience this sense of partnership and safety and care for each other. And that's how we do that at the very practical level of changing the way couples talk from monologue to dialogue. You are listening to the Power of Partnership podcast. If you would like us to share your partnership story, or if you would like to become a proud sponsor of the POP podcast, please contact us at center at partnershipway.org. And now back to today's episode. So you just said a word, and that's what I want to focus on, the mind. 
change the mind. So we share with people a real brief conversation about the 2.8 pound organ that is in people's skull. That's the most considered by brain scientists, the most complicated organ in the universe. Basically, while very complicated, the brain can, can be seen as having two parts, a lower brain, and we call it the crocodile brain, because its function is to keep you alive. And it just, it's going to work no matter what. Uh, it, uh, when you get up in the morning, you're hungry and you don't choose to be hungry, you're hungry. And maybe you need coffee. That's not a choice. That's, it's, it's your body telling you, I need it. Thank God for the crocodile. It keeps you alive. It keeps you healthy. Um, but it's the part that if someone disagrees with you, you, you can snap at them and go, that's wrong. So the other part of um, a person's head is the neocortex, and we call it the wise owl. And when you use the sentence stems of dialogue and um, take turns talking and listening, it you have to choose what you're going to say, and that puts you in the neocortex. And then is there more about that, which is part of the dialogue process, put mm -hmm. you into the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, a state of wonder, and it has relaxing neurochemicals of acetylcholine, norepinephrine, mm -hmm. serotonin, and they're restful neurochemicals. You sleep better at night, as opposed to adrenaline and cortisol when you're monologuing and then someone else sees it differently and they monologue. And so it's a healthy thing to do to learn how to have healthy relationships. Yeah. And that is what Rian's work is. Yeah. We are, and we say we're born to be in relationship. We have yeah. them. Yeah. So don't monologue your relationship. Mm -hmm. Use a part of your brain that's going to make you sleep well at night by learning to use dialogue. Yeah. And, and that's what we mean by healthy relationship is how you talk to each other. Uh, the, the exchange is an embodiment of health or pathology. So if you want to change any difficulties, change the way you talk. And when you change the way you talk, you change memories, you change experiences. Now, ultimately, if you do it long enough, you'll change the neuronal patterns in your brain. We decided about 10 years ago, uh, we could teach dialogue to everybody that you didn't, uh, you didn't have to reserve dialogue for couples, but that it could become a cultural form of talking. We call it safe conversations as uh, when we move into the culture. In, in the couples work, we call it Imago Dialogue because that's the name of our couples therapy. But in the culture, we use the same dialogue process, but we call it safe conversations. And we strip all the therapeutic complexities of it and simply teach people how to have conversations in which they become dialogical and and with the same assumption that when uh, two different people in two different organizations, two different religions, two political parties uh, talk to each other dialogically, they move from who's right, who's wrong, who's better, who's more moral, to there are two people here and there are two worlds interacting and those worlds are of equal value. So, 
Our goal with Safe Conversations is to teach it to the planet. We we see we have a 30-year uh, timeline, 30-year project, and our goal is to reach um, 3.2 billion people in the next 30 years with one thing, talk dialogically, and we'll show them how to do it, encourage them to do it, help them integrate it. And the reason it's 3.2 billion is that uh, that's the tipping point of the world's population in 2050. Uh, the population will be 9.8 billion people. Right now it's 7.2, I think. Um, it, it will move to, you don't, have to, you don't have to change everybody, but you have to change enough people that the cultural value changes. And then when it shifts, we call it, there's a collapse of the preceding structure of the way people talk, the dominant, the, dom- the culture of domination. When that collapses, then a, a rising out of the ashes like the Phoenix is a new civilization. And this civilization will be one of equality, one of freedom, one of diversity, and one of inclusion. And the mechanism of interaction will be dialogical. So that's what we are about. And what we see, uh, Rian is also about the same thing. And we're on our paths to bring about not only some improvements in culture, but a transformation of culture itself from uh, uh, the values of domination and control to the values of equality, inclusion, uh, freedom, and celebration of diversity. And we think that the dialogical process is the lever that can uh, raise this world. Beautiful. Such admirable goals. We are so grateful for your presence on this world and that you have been inspired by Rianne and are continuing to move us towards a partnership-oriented world. Before we close... I want to let listeners know that you can learn more about Helen and Harville's Safe Conversations workshops, leadership trainings, and resources at safeconversations.com and linked on the show notes for this episode. There will also be links on the show notes to the Center for Partnership Systems resources and courses and books such as Rian's Sacred Pleasure, New Paths to Power and Love. Thank you for listening to the Power of Partnership podcast. We're grateful to Rising Appalachia for the use of resilience as our Power of Partnership theme music. If you would like us to feature your partnership story, or if you would like to be a proud sponsor of the Power of Partnership podcast, please contact us at center at partnershipway.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will leave us a review on your favorite podcast channel. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. I'm Cherry Jacobs Pruitt. See you next time on the Power of Partnership podcast. I am resilient. I trust the movement. I negate the chaos. Uplift the negative. I'll show up at the table. Again and again and again I'll close my mouth and learn to live